0: Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, David Zaharakis joins me from Perth after a cracking EPL-friendly at Optus stadium in the West, but onto the footy. We chat Fremantle Dockers, we chat AFLW fixturing, and we can't have Zaki in without talking about the Marty Bombers, of course. That's all coming up, plus so much more on this edition of Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL. It is Wednesday, July 19th. Abby Holmes here and with me over in the West this morning. It is David Zaharakis. Zaka, great to see you.
1: Abby, great to see you. Nice studio here.
0: Isn't it? It's lovely.
1: It is lovely. Big yeah. windows.
0: Over here in the West, yeah, but what news. a ripping night it was last night at Optus yes. Stadium. Tottenham Hotspurs taking on West Ham. Ange Postacoglu's first coach, um, first game, sorry, as coach of the Spurs. What an incredible evening it was to have some EPL here in, in Australia.
1: I've been uh, to the stadium to watch some footy before and the atmosphere is amazing, but to watch the soccer there uh, was pretty special, especially two London teams uh, as well, Tottenham and West Ham. Um, Yeah, it's a great atmosphere, great stadium, and uh, I'm glad we uh, got to come over and watch it.
0: How cool is it for EPL champions, legends, to come over here and and play some soccer on Australian soil, as I said, but everyone just gets behind it, don't they?
1: They do. I mean, soccer is a, it's a world game, as they say, and the Premier League is obviously massive around Australia. People love it. Um, And there's, Fans that yeah they, they come from all um, all walks of uh, all walks of life and and the fact that uh, a lot of teams in the English Premier League are actually representing Australia mm. like a lot of Tottenham a lot of West Ham supporters which uh, I was I was very surprised about
0: And Ange Coglu as well first game as coach I want to see some real life Ted Lasso from him well,
1: I'm a Melbourne victory supporter <laughs> uh, and he obviously, um, back in the day, coached us. So uh, I've watched his path all the way through from awesome. into, to Japan to mm. Scotland and now
0: uh, and now in the English Premier League. So I'm looking forward to the season ahead. We wish him all the very best with his career as Spurs head coach. But let's get into some footy news. Yep. Stay over here with a WA theme this morning. So yes. Justin Longmuir, he said... That Frio hasn't jumped the gun and believes that, that they can still win their first flag by 2025. That's only two years away. How do you see that one?
1: Ballsy, ballsy <laughs>
0: statement,
1: right there. Uh, I was, I was never one as a player to want to put high expectations on yourself, a- mm. and I it when I hate when coaches do it now, even uh, after playing. I just don't see why you should put a target on your back saying we want to win a flag by 2025. Are you trying to sell it to your fans? Are you trying to believe that yourself? Uh, Are you really trying to convince yourself in that regard with that statement? Uh, Mm. I'm not sure, but the way they're going at the moment, sitting 15th on the ladder, and you say in two years you can win your first flag when really your footy seems to have gone backwards. Yeah. I'm not sure about that statement.
0: Yeah, still waiting on scans for Brandon Walker, of course, who sustained a patella tendon injury, and the same goes with Sean Darcy as well, who hurt his ankle in a ruck contest. But as you said... You know, they're 15th on the ladder now. They played finals last year. We we really, I guess, anticipated them to continue on that upward trajectory, but they're scoring. They're, they're just – their scoring isn't at the level that we saw from them last year.
1: They can't score. Since they're by, their total points for a 70, 36, 93 against the Bombers at home. Then they went 73, 45, 67. Mm-hmm. You're not scoring enough to win games of footy there. And that was – that's kind of been – The history of Freo was that they're not offensively uh, potent enough uh, and they they can't score and they can't generate an offence. But last year they looked to take leaps and bounds in that in that area. I mean, they scored a hundred three uh, times in a row before their bye and now they've gone completely backwards again. So yeah. it, it's an interesting one why they can't just generate great offensive flow in their game. Uh, I'm not sure why, but, yeah, they just they seem to go backwards again.
0: It's not a good sign as well when the playing group come to the coaching group and say, we can't play like this. We've got to do something different. Any, anyway, yes. Um, let's watch that space. Anyway. Yes. Fremantle Dockers, hopefully they can get their –
1: It's interesting, they're 15th, but they are only two games off six plays. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) It's absolutely remarkable this year, isn't it? Yes. Um, Hey, the AFLW fixture dropped on Monday. Finally, Zaka, 50 days out from the season opener. Can you believe it? So it's a 10-round home and away plus your final series. Melbourne and Collingwood will begin the season for us um, on September 1, which is so exciting. That's during the pre-finals bye for the men. Yep. Um, But season eight, it is, yeah, set to be an absolute cracker.
1: It is. I'm. I'm really looking forward to this. And how, how many do they want? How many games do they want?
0: They wanted twelve games. Wanted twelve the games. The AFLPA. Yeah. Um, and then yes.
1: It's, it's an uneven fixture, isn't it? You're, you, got, you got all teams in the competition now, but you're only playing ten games. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice for them to get a couple more games, but also the timing of the of the season. Um, yes, it's starting the pre finals bias. A great AFLW. The women get that weekend mm. themselves, but I would love the footage to be played in that kind of. January, February, window. I'm not sure about you, but I would love the season to start there because you're craving footy. uh, The women open the year, bang, January comes around, W starting, footy's back. You're Mm -hmm. craving it three or four months. But it just seems like in September it's – well, the first four rounds – well, the first round, yes, bye, but then the next three rounds, four rounds, it's AFL men's finals and it's – yeah, footy can kind of – you can get a bit fatigued that time of year with it. I'd love it to be. It's on its own in January, February, um, and the girls get to showcase all their skills yeah. alone that, that it, it, time of year.
0: It's really tricky. For me, obviously, I've been a part of it at early in the year, and then obviously they started in – August last year, yep. and I personally don't like it. Yep. I, I, As you said, it gets lost during men's finals. Yes. I think as soon as AFL Grand Final happens for the, the men's competition, people then look to cricket, to racing, yep. um, to other things. Whereas I felt when the AFLW started in February, that was when people were craving their footy. Yes. That was when people had been starved of it since that, yep. that final weekend in September. So it's interesting, and I, I'm sure, you know, October, November is where this is going to fall for you know, a number of years to come, but I don't know. I I think the
1: overlap would be great if it was – women's finals with the start of the men's season so yeah it starts in January February and then the women's finals are up until around four or five of the men's Mm. um, and you get real real blockbuster games at that time of year yeah
0: I cannot wait for that one round one as I said in the pre-finals bye for the men hey what about the wild card round just quickly the boys spoke about it yesterday (laughs) but what are your thoughts and views and opinions on
1: that (laughs) (laughs) with 18 teams in the comp uh I'm not sure any more teams should be in the eight I think from eighth place, even this year, from sixth, seventh, eighth uh beyond right now, it's a massive gap in the AFL. You've got mm-hmm. probably the top two, Collingwood and Port Adelaide, who are, are far above everyone else, and then Geelong's coming hard, because they had the little bit of premiership hangover. But really, there's three teams, I believe, that can win the flag from this point onwards. I mean, yeah, I, I could get, if you're creating uh, a seventh to ten playoff for those um seventh and eighth spots, I can understand from maybe an a business case point of view, the AFL might be like it can generate some more money and we create a buzz in another weekend in the finals. But I just believe you're doing it purely for that fact, just mm. to try and generate more money. It's not going to create better games. There's teams in there that from 9th to 10th, they're there for a reason. There's only 18 teams in the comp. Mm. America does this in the NFL because- so I was going to say. It's
0: all born off the NFL's, yeah.
1: They're all trying to piggyback off yeah. the NFL and trying to create that. And and footy, AFL has obviously gone over there the last couple of years or last 10 years to try and- think of some new innovative ideas and Mm. and get them from the NFL, the NBA or whatever over there. But this thing here is when you have 32 teams in the NFL and only eight make the finals or playoffs over there, that's why they expanded it to 12. Mm. It's it's too much of a discrepancy. Whereas in the AFL, if we have 10 out of – 18 make <laughs> yeah. the finals.
0: It's too many. There's too, too
1: many. Too many teams, and not enough teams uh, worthy of a final spot. Yeah.
0: And when we get on, well, you on footy talk, Zacha. We have to talk bombers.
1: Yes, we do. And it's
0: a little bit depressing this week. I'm, a bit I'm upset. Coming sorry, in this week. but a real reality check for your boys on the weekend. Yes, it was down at GMHBA against a red hot Geelong side. But do you think that was just the reality check that this group probably needed?
1: Uh, yes and no. I think. Yeah, it can be the rally check they need because they were performing well and we were in fifth. Mm. But it's also if you're going well and you're performing to your standard, then uh, then why not achieve success uh, earlier than people think? But I actually just think we got kind of outcoached on the weekend. We You look at every time we play against Geelong – Early this year, we got jumped 38-0. Last year, they got beaten by 100 points almost as well in round one. It just seems every time we play Geelong, we play a certain brand and style of footy that just plays into Geelong hands. They play off turnover so well Geelong, and our first five or six goals against were all off turnover. Mm. uh, And it was generated with Geelong having a spare in the back line and basically Essendon playing an extra number around the footy. And it just doesn't work when you do that against Geelong because – they just kept kicking it forward and Geelong just kept intercept marking or, or winning the ground ball in turnover and just scoring the other way. So I think it was a little bit of strategy on the weekend that cost us uh, against Geelong, but it just seems to happen every time we play Geelong.
0: The brothers as well. Brad Scott, I can't imagine he would like losing to Chris. No,
1: no. I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> <it> at <laughs> all. Imagine I'm not that. sure what their record was at North and versus Geelong, but he's got the wood over him early with yesterday yeah. and it's 2-0 uh, it's now.
0: I want to ask you about a couple of players. Wiedemann being one.
1: Out of form, yep.
0: Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody being another, playing in the VFL. Yep. Where Where are these two players at in particular with their football?
1: Yeah, I think Weeds, um, I, th- I definitely think he needs to go back and get a bit of confidence in the VFL. I mean, watching him closely on the weekend, I was there behind the goals. Uh, so obviously you see him down forward for two of them. Uh, I just don't think... His leading patterns, his effort—he looks like a player that's playing out of confidence uh, right now, and um, he's not demanding the ball. Like you watch Kyle Langford up forward, who just demands the footy in his hands every single time. He's energetic around the ball, whereas Weeds look like he's—he's he's almost almost grabbing him. He almost marks or mm. he almost gets the contest. And um, he's when you see a player's second efforts on the ground are not there, it's—it's that you're just lacking confidence. And I think a, a great thing for him would be to go back and and maybe try and kick four or five in the VFL and get a bit of confidence up against a young kid and and then be able to come back in. Because um, you want to be performing at the latter part of the year and especially if Eston are going to make your finals, you want him there. It's mm. I think it's a pretty potent forward line if you got Peter Wright, Jake Stringer down there, Kyle Langford and Wiedemann all playing well. Uh, at the moment, um, yeah, Wiedemann just isn't isn't performing to his potential. Waller is another one. Yeah, it's that's a hard one. He obviously had a year off footy. Mm-hmm. He come back. I mean... Yeah, he just – he doesn't – he didn't look up to it early in the year and he wasn't performing uh, to the standard that everyone thought he could have and, and everyone thought – well, everyone knew he did over the last sort of eight, nine years of his career. Um, he's been such a dynamic uh, small forward for us and you don't see those highlights of the chase down tackles of Waller and the kicking the snaps to in the fourth quarter in clutch situations where that's what he's he's been known for and he's gone back into the VFL – What's he done? He's kicked, what's his stats in the last couple of games? I think he's
0: kicked four goals in his last seven VFL games.
1: See, in the VFL, I mean, he Mm. should be dominating. He's a player that should be dominating in the VFL, especially in small grounds in the VFL. He's such a dynamic small forward that that's what he thrives in, in situations where it's in close, um, can win the footy and then kick goals from miraculous angles. So he's not even doing that at that level. I think, um,
2: yeah,
1: the the Bombers have got a tough decision to make at the end of the year, what they do with him. Uh, I'm not sure he stays on the list.
0: Well, this weekend for the Bombers, it's pretty crucial. Friday night footy cannot wait for this one at Marvel Stadium. It is 7th versus 8th. The Doggies had a disappointing loss as well in round 18. So this one now on Friday night is set to be an absolute cracker.
1: It's a crucial. It's another oh. eight-point game. Yeah. Uh, Essendon played <laughs> in two of those and now it's the third in three weeks in a row. And I mean, that's what you want. They're playing against sides around them. So tick against Adelaide um, for the Bombers, uh, massive cross against Geelong, and then this is another one if you want to make finals, these are the teams you got to be beating. Uh, the doggies on a Friday night—it's going to be Pack Stadium. I'm going to be there. I'm
0: going to be there too. You're going to be
1: there. Yes. Yep. yep. yep, can't wait for <laughs> it. Uh, I'll be watching you on the sidelines. <laughs> and make sure you, you, you perform. You will. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's doggies are a great outfit. Um, their midfield's a strength, uh, and I know we've performed reasonably well against them lately. But in my career, we always just get dominated um, mm. uh, around the midfield with them, um, with their quick hands and their and their pressure around the ball. So. The boys have got a big task. I know Scotty will be getting them up and about to really respond oh, yeah. uh, off the weekend, but we do play Marvel well, as, as do the doggy. So it's, I'm, I'm tipping 100 points plus from both teams.
0: High scoring. That's,
1: I'm tipping high scoring game. Uh, it's going to be up and back, and it'll be a lot of fatigue blokes getting around the
2: last quarter oh, of the weekend. Oh, I
0: cannot wait for that one. Friday night footy at Marvel Stadium. Hey, we've got to get to a break, but good start by you. Love that. We always love having you in Thanks, the Footy Talk. Hey, you are listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, you know what to do. Hit the bell. Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. David Zaharakis with me over in Perth. But Ethan Meldrum has jumped in studio in Melbourne. Ethan, true or false? You were just playing futsal.
2: Uh, True. (laughs) Uh, I didn't think we were going to bring this up.
0: (laughs) So have you listened to what we've been saying in the last 20 minutes?
2: Yeah, I have been listening to what you guys are saying. (laughs) I needed the 10 minutes of recovery time after (laughs) it was only a 12-minute game. I spent four minutes in the outfield. I was... Gas, so I went back <laughs> went back to goalie, <laughs> led in two. I think we lost 4-1, so not a great performance from me. There's two oh more games God. to pick it up.
0: Well, let's great. get stuck into your stats. Straight up, what have you got for us today? Yeah,
2: more important stats than mine. <laughs> uh, I want to get this out of the way. Uh, Carlton, their last four games, they're in red-hot form. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. They are, and it sucks to admit it, but their last four games, they've changed the way they move the ball, Mm. and it's really interesting to me. So uh, rounds one to 13, they were a low-scoring team, 16th in the competition for points scored, 72 points per game since then 113 points per game One, all of them by 50 points or more yep. their mark play on percentage has dropped it's now bottom three in the competition they're 16th so they're taking a lot more time with the ball mm. they're kicking forward the third most in the comp and they're taking the corridor the fourth most in the comp so they're taking their time assessing their options and going through the corridor and carve Port Adelaide up on the weekend yep. so because of that number one the league for going from d 15 and scoring a goal they've scored 16 goals in the last four games number one the league for goals per inside 50 as well. Really efficient stuff from the Blues. hate to admit it, they're looking really good.
0: Where has this been? Mm. Justin
2: Longmiller can take this template if he wants it. Oh, (laughs) my goodness.
0: But this is what they've been capable of this entire year. But for some reason, they were going backwards. They were retreating. They were trying to switch it, but not aggressively. Whereas now, when they're hitting that kick in the central corridor and just attacking forward... Geez, they're scoring and they're looking incredibly strong. It's
1: great to watch. It is. And uh, like Vossi earlier in the year spoke about last year they were playing this style but then they had to focus on defence. But if you compromise the other part of the game, which was their offence, mm-hmm. then it proves they, they just couldn't perform and couldn't win games. This is now exciting to watch. All Blues fans are absolutely loving this. My mates are just absolutely jumping at it. They're calling themselves flaggers again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great to see. But it's exciting to watch. I mean, I can't believe they won the last four games by 50 points. I think – Um, They got West Coast this week. Mm. Uh, I looked at a stat yesterday. I think no team's won five games in a row. Over 50 points. Um, I'll leave that to you, Ethan, if you've got a stat on that. But you with all your big <laughs> um, stats you've yeah, put it's, in today. It's, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're going well, the Blues. I might,
2: clear, I might clear that one up. Sorry, Zach, yeah, two teams have done it before. Oh. Two? Oh, yeah, there go. <laughs> AF, AFL went with that yesterday. So it was Geelong 1989, Geelong 2008, made the grand final both years. So, so there we good, go. Good little precedent.
0: But Harry Mackay, as we know, has been ruled out for the rest of the home and away season. Yeah. So that is a big blow for the Blues. Yes. What's next?
2: Steve? Yeah, he's got, got, a, got a new little puppy as well to keep him Oh, company. I saw that. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> well, when you're injured, why not? Oh, <laughs> have a nice little puppy at home. And,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. It's cute. Yeah. His, brother, his brother hates the name Bunny, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that to Harry. <laughs> I want to give the Bombers one uh, while you're here, Zaka. Yep. Um, despite the despite performance on the weekend, so I was looking at a little thing called offensive efficiency and defensive yep. efficiency as well. So it's basically how, how well you do based on how much territory you have. So yep. the Bombers rank... Uh, Eighth for points scored, 17th for time in forward half. So despite the fact they're bottom two in the league for time in forward half, they're scoring the eighth most points in the competition. It means they rank first for points scored. They score, it's like 95 points per 50 minutes or whatever it is when the ball's in their forward half, and that ranks number one in the competition ahead of Geelong and Collingwood. It's a really interesting metric, and I think it – it gives Essendon a lot of credit for the way they move the ball, despite the fact they don't have a lot of territory. When they've got it forward, they've actually done really well this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we only had 28 inside 50s against Geelong uh, mm. on the weekend. Let's um, just put that
0: one aside. Let's, we'll put that one away. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but no, I... I <laughs> When I was there, the focus um, from the midfield was always centre bounces. So we try and score as quickly as we can from centre bounce when it's 6-6-6 uh, and to try and get efficient with that. So get it into the forward line. We know we have a potent forward line, mm. um, especially when Jakey's up there. Um, Mac Wealthy provides so much pressure. It's never been a problem, I don't think, with that. It's yeah, more about how many times can we get it in there. Can we give our forwards enough of a chance to kick a big enough score to win games because we are a very efficient side uh, when we get in there, as you said um, there, but yeah, I still think they need to uh, they need to attack more from the front half rather than the back half to actually get in there enough times.
0: And it's all about how they respond, isn't it, to, on Friday night?
1: It is. I mean, you're coming off a big loss like that. Your fans are disappointed. You we're fifth on the ladder. Uh, I know Melbourne won on the weekend, but we were a chance to be game off, basically fourth. Uh, and I and I predicted a top four um, spot a, a few weeks ago, but, <laughs> and they were that close to it. But then you go from fifth to eighth. Uh, and the fact that you you have a chance to make a statement game against Geelong in Geelong, uh, and you come off with that that disappointing result. So they're gonna bounce back this week and I've got no doubt about it. It's probably a great side to play. It's gonna be fast attacking style footy, which yeah. Both these teams are, as I said before, and um, on a quick deck at Marvel, I think they're uh, they're going to put in a real good show. And, again, it's another chance to make a statement. It's an eight-point game. Um, get a leg up on
2: the doggies. Yeah, is a, is a, I think that matchup suits the Bombers as well. A few other notes from that efficiency thing. St Kilda's 16th for offensive efficiency. Port Adelaide. 15th for defensive efficiency. Only Hawthorne West Coast and North Melbourne, the bottom three, worse than Port Adelaide when the ball's in their Ooh. back half. So it's a little interesting metric I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah. Next one, Christian Petrarca. You got you got eyes on this abs on Friday night when you were mm-hmm. doing boundary. Eight yeah. goals in two weeks. So he's been swung forward out of the midfield. I want to, want to talk about his goal kicking. So rounds one to 16, second worst player in the league for accuracy in terms of expected score. So his expected score was 39 points more than what he actually kicked. So he's wasting a lot of chances. Only Jamara yugo Hagen was worse than him. Last couple of weeks, he's been number one. I think there's a little bit of a precedent. Goal kicking is a little bit random about that. But of the <laughs> players targeted 20 or more times uh, inside the forward 50 this year, Petrarca, number one in the league for retention, retains mm. the ball 82% of the time. AFL average is 45. Number one in the league for goals scored. So he scores 45% of the time he's been targeted in the forward 50 this year. Different sort of weapon when he plays up forward abs.
0: Absolutely. Their last two weeks and just that connection and flow that we've seen from them in their forward half, that's what Simon Goodwin has been screaming out for this whole year. They, their contest is good. Their defence has been amazing, as we know, but it has just been that that forward half that it's been breaking down in. So I spoke to Goody at halftime and he said, that's the level that we expect and what we've been searching for. But it's a tricky one because Christian Petrarca is one of the best midfielders in the competition. It was so funny. Yeah. I, I spoke to Maxi Gorn post game as well, and he said, I'm not letting him back in yeah. for the midfield. If he <laughs> keeps doing this, he's not allowed to come back in. But it's, it's hard to take him out of there when he's kicked eight in the last two weeks for him.
1: It's a hard one. They've been crying out. I mean, everyone always says the Achilles here of Mel- Melbourne was their forward line, that mm. they didn't have that big number one key forward. They always rotate basically their key forwards. Um, they've tried Grundy there, and it, and it hasn't necessarily worked so far. And, all of a sudden, you put Petrarca there as the base of the number one forward, and he's kicking eight in two weeks, and and he's looking dangerous. He's that mm. he's that such a hard matchup. He's six foot what two? He's built quite big. Uh, yeah. He's he's powerful. Oh, he's okay. strong. You he can't tackle him below the knees. He's he's very strong, and he's that kind of Dusty Martin role where Dusty, in his ha- absolute prime, was dominant at forward, and now mm. Petrarca's, um following that in those footsteps. Keep him up forward, yeah. I, I think. Uh, when you've got when he's scoring that many points and he's basically been a match winner for you. Yes, he's great in the midfield, but I think their midfield right now is just enough uh, and when Oliver comes back in, whenever that is, it will complement that and I think keep Petrarca up forward because he could be a match winner for you in the final.
0: I think the boys that were in the midfield as well on the weekend um, played their role. Exactly. Well, it was Jordan, it was Sparrow, it was obviously you've got Viney and exactly. Brayshaw. So so they do have the cattle there, Eith, to, to cover Petrarca from that midfield
2: group. Yeah, I agree. And particularly the way Jack Viney played in that last quarter. As you mm. were saying, Zaka Clary coming back in the next couple of weeks. Arguably one of the, like arguably the best ball winner in the competition. Yep. So there's plenty of coverage there. James Jordan stepped up as well. Mm. So I think this I think this move will stick.
0: Yeah. Good job, Eth. Always love having <laughs> you in for your three stats. But before we let you go, bombers and dogs Friday night. We just touched on it, Zaka and I. Give us your prediction or your tip. Who do you reckon is going to take that one?
2: I think the Bombers get this one. I agree Whee. with Zaka. I, I think I think once the ball movement's out in the open, I think you'll see Eston thrive a little bit. Um, I don't think they'll get beaten up in the midfield as the Dogs tend to do to other sides. Um, yeah. There's a lot of depth in that Eston midfield now, so I'm yep. kind of liking the Bombers. It's a big game for them, big Huge. game for mm. the Dogs. Um, proper eight-point game, as they say. Mm. Speaking of steaks.
0: Oh, oh yes. We oh. haven't talked about this.
2: We,
1: we haven't? No, I've forgotten about the that. Holmes
0: Zaharaga's Nom, 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 Yes. <laughs> no, we, we have actually, Yes, yeah, you text me saying I owe you a steak. Yep,
2: I did. Yep. <laughs> so you, can thanks
0: choose,
1: you can choose the restaurant.
0: All right. Thanks for <laughs> bringing were, that up, e. Heath.
2: <laughs> yeah, you were hoping that Zach had forgotten about that, hadn't you?
0: Oh, so, no. Oh, yeah, I know that he hasn't.
1: I had a few in my mind. I mean, I love Charcoal Grill on the Hill in yeah. Q. Okay. Vlado's is great.
0: I've never been to Vlado's.
1: Vlado's is awesome joint, mm-hmm. so,
0: yeah, they are quite expensive. <laughs> all right? right, yes, okay, I lost a bet. There you go. <laughs> hey, great work, guys. That's about all we've got time for for this edition of Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, you can get us on Instagram at Talk underscore pod or at TikTok at Talk pod. Thanks for joining us, guys, and tomorrow you've got Daisy and Zach Butters. Listener.